Hi everyone, welcome to the Mouse and More podcast. This is Tony, and tonight I'm joined by Adam and Crystal. Hello, gang. Hi. Hey. How's it going? I'm full from Thanksgiving. Now, aren't we all? Uh, I just actually emerged from my turkey coma about 20 minutes ago, so uh, <laughs> things are good. Uh, but uh, we are here tonight to talk about the events of one week ago on November 20th of 2022. Uh, the the announcement that Bob Chapek was let go as the CEO of the Walt Disney Company, and some would consider it to be a very early Christmas for Disney fans. And, you know, we've given it a week now to uh, to settle down, to see what's happening. And uh, we're just we're going to give some thoughts on it. We know that Bob Iger is back for what they're saying will be a two year term. Who knows what happens? And uh, let's let's get your thoughts on this. Uh, Crystal, what what did you think when you heard the news? I was ecstatic. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. I mean, I just. I mean, I think you guys in our private conversations have known for a while that I just feel like everything has been headed in the wrong direction for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And even as a diehard Disney fan, I feel distance between myself and the product these days. And I'm really hopeful that maybe Bob Iger's return might restore some faith in what right. I, yeah, in, in what I used to really love. Mm-hmm. So. All right, good. I, I think I'm there with you. Uh, Adam, what, what were your thoughts uh, last Sunday night? Well, so, so news broke at East Coast time. It was like 830, I believe. I was just about ready to like settle in to watch like one of the new Disney Plus movies, Disenchanted, I think had just come out. Um, I still haven't finished it, by the way. And, um, and I got a, I saw that I saw a tweet from a New York Times columnist. It said Bob Iger in, Bob Chekhov out. And uh, tweet Twitter has gone through a lot of weird things since Elon Musk bought it. And there's a lot of like like fake accounts that appear to be real. So I was like, is this a real thing? And as I sent that tweet to my brother who work who works for Disney, he sent me a screenshot of the email that Bob Iger had just sent to all the employees. <laughs> and it said, uh, welcome, uh, something to the effect of like, you know, I'm you know, fellow cast. I'm ecstatic to be back. And, <laughs> and so at that point I realized it was real. And, um, I am cautiously optimistic that things are gonna, and I don't want to say, you know, go back to normal, because I don't right. know what normal is. I don't want to say go back to the old ways because I do think the company needs to needs to needs to you know change some things and work on what they're doing. But mm-hmm. I, I had this you know sort of um, comforting feeling knowing that like the guy that really doesn't know what he's doing is is out, and a guy that knows what he's doing is going to come in for a little bit and steady the ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it it's very funny. You know, in in June, uh, the board uh, approved a three-year extension for Bob Chapek and thanked him for leading the company through the pandemic and said that he is uniquely situated to lead the company through this pivotal period. Uh, that is what Susan Arnold, the chairman of the board, said. Uh, and then here we come to November 20th, and all of a sudden, Bob Chapek is the most toxic individual uh, you know, that, that the board has ever seen. Um, mm. and you know, we've, we've found out in this past week that there, you know, it, it sounds like essentially there was like a, almost a no confidence vote taken that, that, uh, the CFO herself, uh, had doubts on Bob Chapek's leadership ability and his ability to lead the company. Uh, you know, I, I've been reading some stuff now, uh, how they were, kind of playing loose and fast with with money from the uh, the losses from the streaming services, how they would hide it between various entities and that it was actually losing more money than than they were stating. Um, You know, I I don't I don't usually follow the business world Um, like many of us. You know, Crystal, you mentioned that that, you know, Bob Chapek was not liked Uh, every time an announcement came from Chapek. It was usually uh, like a, a dagger in the heart. You know, it, it seemed like they were going to take one more thing away 
they were going to trample on, you know, many years of fond memories with with their next uh, cash grab. And, you know, he, he always felt disingenuous uh, whenever Bob Iger spoke. You know, he always wore the card again. You know, he just he kind of looked like, you know, like you just wanted to hug him. You know, you yeah, felt at I ease. Agree with that. Yeah, and, and then Chapek, Chapek came along and he just he has that stern, like no fun grandfather look. Um, and, you know, he's he's a bean counter and, and you find out, you know, Adam, I, I think you've got a ton of, of Bob Iger notes. Uh, but I think one of the things that is mentioned is that Bob Iger says that uh, Chapek was sucking the soul out of Disney. And, and I think that's that's what many Disney fans uh, felt. Um, but, you know, Chapek alone as, as a bean counter, um, wasn't the only guy, you know, who started nickel and diming us, because if you look back, um, you know, I, I, I find the start of the, the dark ages, uh, to be when Disney started charging for parking. And that happened back in 2018. It's, it's almost five years now since they started making resort guests pay to park at a resort, and that was under Bob Iger's watch. Um, you know, a number of these services that have been discontinued, a lot of these new revenue streams were instituted under, you know, Bob Iger's first run. But I don't think you ever really it, it didn't make you feel bad. Like people were upset about it. But when JPEG made an announcement like it, it, it it's like it got a raw nerve, you know. Bob Iger, Iger explained it and people just, you know, they were upset for a little bit, but then they accepted it. And then all of a sudden, a lot of the changes, some of the post COVID implementations, park passes, uh, you know, the the park hopping 2 p.m. time, uh, the loss of Magical Express, you know, all of all of these things have just compounded to to take away from the Disney experience. And a lot of it is associated with Chapek, some of it justly. Um and it's it's been a it's been a rough couple of it hasn't even been a couple of years since uh, Iger left, um, but it it's been tough. And I'm personally glad to see that that Bob Iger is back. I'm I'm hoping that he brings back joy to the guest experience because I I think that in the post COVID world, you know, Disney fans will go to Disney regardless of the state of the world, whether you have to be masked up. Uh, you know, or not masked or masked up indoors or six feet, stay six feet from people. Disney fans will do what they need to do to get their Disney fix. But the joy hasn't been there for a lot of people. And I'm I'm just hoping that Bob Iger comes back and, you know, he's not going to roll everything back. He's not going to reinstitute programs and practices that, that disappeared under the Chapek years. He's not going to, uh, you know, bring back free resort parking for guests. But I just hope that changes that are made bring the joy back to Disney. And and I think that's what's been lacking for the past year and a half. But would you guys agree with that? I would totally agree with you, Tony. And just to piggyback on what you're saying, I think you make an excellent point in that in this post-COVID world, especially Disney's core clientele, look to Disney I think, to restore that normalcy of happiness, right? That that place we've always been, the place we could go back to that would make us happy. And instead, what we're getting is the, are these compounded beatdowns, basically. The dining plan is a perfect example of something that they haven't brought back. It just, that would have just, it, it, it just feels like they're trying to, use, you know, this post-COVID world as an excuse to make a little more money from us or mm -hmm. move things around. And and I, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but it certainly feels that way at this point, right? Just the fluctuating price of Genie Plus yeah. is is killer. It's just well, killer. It's a yeah, I'm sorry. It, Go ahead. No, it, it it's funny because Bob Iger uh, you know, when Disney Plus launched, Bob Iger stated that there would be price increases and his idea was also to bring it eventually up to 1099, but he wanted to raise it a dollar per year. Um, so we knew that the price was going to be locked in for the first three years at 799 a month. Uh, 
and then the fourth year would be eight ninety nine. The 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 fifth year would be nine ninety nine until it got up to ten ninety nine. And then you know here comes Chapek. Well, let's let's just raise it right to ten ninety nine. You know because he knows he can, and it, it's it's a lot. It just seemed like a lot of it is forced. Like he just did it because he could, not because he had to. Um, does it make more money for the company? Yes. Ultimately, that's what his job is. Is you know, Disney is still a a for profit organization. Their job is to make comp um, to make money for the, the shareholders. Um, but the way in which it's done, I don't want to say it seems vindictive or mean, um, but it's. It's kind of like, you know, Bob Iger is Willy Wonka and uh, Bob Chapek is uh, what's the what's the mean guy in Willy Wonka? Are you guys Willy Wonka fans? Oh, uh, the mean guy in Willy the Wonka. Blueberry well, they kid? Were, there the were blueberry a few girl? of them. No, he's Augustus the guy that was, he's the guy who was trying to get the kids to steal the uh, everlasting gobstopper. Oh, yeah. Or to steal an everlasting gobstopper. I don't remember. Yes, <laughs> I forgot his name. Oh, wow. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. But yeah, yes, I understand the comparison. It just the optics of it all are just so disheartening. Yeah, it's Slugworth. That's who it was. Slugworth. Um, um, I think, uh, you know, I said I'm cautiously optimistic because Iger was really good at, you know, even having a a bad, um, so a, a, a bad news and turning it into like, <laughs> and being nice about saying it <laughs> and making us not realize it's as bad as it could be. Whereas Chapek really didn't didn't do a good job of that. I think what concerns me is Iger's the one that picked Chapek. Iger's the one that left his job early uh, in his book written in 2019. He promised he would stay on till the end of his contract in 2021. He stayed on as chairman, but he did not stay on as CEO. He cut out of that. And as that job, he, you know, he lost a lot of his decision-making that he was doing. He also really didn't do a good job of figuring out what, what successor would be, would be good for him or good for him would be good to replace him uh, up until when he was getting ready to retire, because it was very abrupt that Chapek became CEO, especially since they, I, I, I if I had to, you know, guess they would have picked, he would have picked this uh, Kevin Meyer person who had been with the company since 2005 or, or, or Tom Staggs or Tom, well, Kevin Meyer at the time, because Stagg had already been gone. Meyer had been in the company since 2005, and he was on strategic planning. Uh, he helped uh, figure out the purchases of Fox, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, and BAM Tech. BAM Tech is, a, uh, is the software company that Major League Baseball owned. BAM Tech is the uh, software now that Disney Plus runs off of. So if you ever go to... And I just noticed it because I had to I had to sign up for Disney Plus monthly now because my three year trial period ended. The website, the web address is a BAM tech web address. And this guy, Kevin Meyer, was, you know, is a strategic planner figuring out like what what makes sense to purchase and, and why and whatever. Tom Staggs is the other name. And he uh, was CFO for a while. And then he became chairman of parks in 2010 through 2016 when he left and uh he was the guy that a lot of people thought would have been the replacement for Iger. even in Iger, even in Iger's book written in 2019 he mentioned tom stags 15 times kevin meyer 21 times and bob chapek three times and only in the prologue he didn't actually talk about bob Iger at all in the body of his book, which I just find very odd that the guy that ended up replacing him, he really barely talked about. Um, mm -hmm. The bigger issue that Chapek had is he really didn't have entertainment and Hollywood experience. He had always been with Disney in merchandising and in the parks, but he didn't he did not work in streaming at all and did not work in the movie studio or television studio. And I think that really was the, his downfall and 
I don't know if that's necessarily his fault. He works the jobs that he's given, and they didn't move him around to other business, other positions, other businesses in the company. Because Disney is, you know, I, we we focus on parks, but we talk movies and TV often. They are, you know, a much broader entertainment company, and you have to really be willing to work with everybody. And I don't think he was set up to be able to work with everybody, and that really was his was his downfall. And he, you know, got in a lot of like public fights with Hollywood, pu- public and private fights with Hollywood personalities. There was the Scarlett Johansson fiasco where he didn't want to pay her uh her contract because the move the movie she was doing got switched to disney plus there was i heard a story on the jim hill podcast that he upset kevin feige because feige wanted money to produce the a spider-man cartoon show and chapek was get, was pushing back and not giving him the money for that feige and marvel of course is probably the most successful other than parks the most successful arm of the company and you know feige probably felt you know pushed aside thinking that he's not going to get all the money that he wants to produce these uh this content for disney plus which is losing money and um and from the get-go disney plus was never was never going to turn a profit until 2024 that's what Iger had said from the beginning right and it still hasn't uh, unfortunately, I, I guess it lost more money than I thought it would. <laughs> it lost $1.5 billion in the Q4, right. which is a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, I think they're, expected, they're expecting to lose $3 billion in fiscal 2023. And, and that's, you know, that's basically because they're, they're, you know, they're spending a lot of money on creating content. And relatively speaking, I don't know if you guys want to hear this or not, but the streaming services are very inexpensive for what you get. You know, I'm paying $7.99 now a month. It's for the with ads, the Disney Plus with ads, uh, which will start, I think, in December. Um, and you get the whole Disney library for $8 a month. I mean, Tony, you you buy DVDs. You know, I do. You, you buy one DVD for one movie and you spend how much money? Uh, twenty four dollars. Yeah. So you you know you could either do that or you could pay eight dollars a month and you get everything. And they're all and they're constantly producing new stuff and they're spending a lot of money on these Marvel and Star Wars shows. It costs a lot of money to do this. It's gonna take a while for them to get to you know profitability. Netflix is having trouble. Peacock is having trouble. HBO with Warner, Time Warner, and Warner Brothers, excuse me. They're having trouble to the point where they keep cutting new content that they promise to be making. So the streaming game is not as like robust as people think, especially now that we're, you know, COVID is over, at least in terms of a streaming uh, uh, side. People aren't stuck at home all day, you know, watching things. So JPEG really, I I don't want to defend him because I don't, (laughs) I don't like for the record, I don't like him, but he was given a, he was, he had to climb a mountain like without climbing gear, <laughs> without oxygen right. and uh, with with Bob Iger constantly talking behind his back, whether it's to Disney when he was still with the company as chairman or to the outside investors and outside people this this past year. Well, just like and, can we speculate a little bit about how like you had mentioned that what was it three months before they renewed Bob Chapik's contract for another three years or something like that, right? Yes. Uh, right. So, speculative, speculatively. Which, which, before you like, say that, before you bring that up, that con- that three-year contract was backdated to yes. start when, or maybe you were going to say that. I'm sorry. No, that I I had read that. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. So they didn't, they didn't give him a, which we didn't realize at the time. They didn't. Give him three years, they really gave him like two and a half because they they backdated. So they didn't even trust him for the full term that they said they were giving him. So that I mean that I'm sure that's that obviously caused concern from you know from Wall Street. Maybe not from us because we didn't really know. But uh, but yeah, I still think it's kind of funny that even though Bob Iger left the company, he had a consultancy set up with the Walt Disney Company through 2026 and it was a 10 million dollar deal for five years 
and it would allow Bob Chapek to utilize him as a resource uh, on any I matters that, that his successor wow. uh, that his successor uh, may request from time to time. However, Chapek never opted to utilize Iger as a resource, and apparently that was uh, because of the friction between the two. And uh, that's that's on hold right now while uh, while Bob Iger is the CEO on which, hold for two years. So wait, I don't get this straight. They, I, I don't, they, there was a there was a, a fee for for Chapek to consult Iger on issues relating to Disney. Correct. Interesting. And there were and he'd never utilized it because of the friction between the two. However, Iger appointed. Well, he he was Iger's choice. For the well, he wasn't. I don't believe he was Iger's choice. He was the board's choice. If you go back to 2017, uh, when Ch- uh, Chapek was leading the parks and resorts, they had a 14 percent. I think it was a 14 percent increase in um in profits, and that's kind of when the media realized that uh, this guy is is the possible next CEO because of how well his section is performing. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think he was Bob Iger's handpicked successor. Um, I I think well, I Iger, I that was I whether huh. <laughs> I I would say. Uh, officially, yes, it is because that's Iger's job. But well, it's it's the the job of the board to but, find but, a successor and to well, prove. Yes. Yeah, and but Iger, you know, is was on the board when that happens, and but but uh, unofficially, you're right. I I don't know. We don't know what how, how like it could have just been. This was the only guy we had available. Right. That had that we felt that could possibly do it because he ran the he ran the most successful arm of the company, which parks always other you know other than COVID, parks always makes money for the company. It's like it's the standard. It's old reliable. Whereas the movie studio and now Disney Plus fluctuates, you know, based on how good movies are. Sometimes you know you put bad movies out there, you don't the company's not gonna, the uh, the that company's not going to make any money. Um, right. And that's why <laughs> I believe that in order to do this job, you got to have some kind of entertainment Hollywood experience. Eisner had worked for Paramount and produced movies before he got to Disney. Iger worked with uh, worked for ABC and was producing television before you know ABC got bought by Disney, and then eventually he you know replaces Eisner. But Chapek didn't have that, and and the next guy, because a part of Iger's deal is to help find another successor, they the next guy or girl, whoever it is, has to be in has to have some entertainment experience. Like, uh, well, we'll talk. I guess we'll talk later about who we think could be replaced. But but I don't want to get into too much into that yet. But um, but yeah, I just uh, like even as Christine McCarthy, the C, the current CFO who. It's been reported went to the board and told them she doesn't trust this Chapek and she doesn't think he's doing a good job. You know, some people I have heard rumors. Well, you know, she could be CFO. I, I our CEO. I would say no because she, she's another one that does not have experience. You know, in any in any of the entertainment arms, she's only got right. you know she's a she's another Chapek. She's another bean counter. Like you know, we can't we can't do this again. You know. If they want to move her out, like like what they did with Stags and move her to a different role, that's fine. Do that. Yeah. But right now, I would say no. Yeah. Will Will the next CEO come from uh, internal? We We don't know. You know, that's that's one of the things that the board and and Bob Iger will look at over this uh, this next period. And that's. I would just the- I would just love to know what's the thing that went through the board over the cliff, or was this in the works for a long time prior. That's really what I am hung up on. Well, according to these reports, it really wasn't that long because they called uh, Iger on Friday at three o'clock and he accepted it on Sunday and Chapek found out when everybody else found out Sunday night before Chapek was supposed to introduce Elton John at a concert in and Dodger Stadium, and and nobody can confirm whether Chapek was at the stadium when he found out, or if he was on his way, or 
he was in a car or something on his way. <laughs> it's very like there's there's certain parts that we just don't know. They haven't released that information. Um, but I mean, I don't maybe maybe the I don't know how long people had been going to the board and and saying they don't they don't believe in Chapek anymore. I don't know if it was a you know seeing all these people leave. I mean, they had Bob Weiss, Bob Weiss, who was who was in charge of Imagineering. They replaced him with an outside person. Um, but they kept him on as like a ambassador, but he even left that ambassador job early because he left the ambassador job uh, last month. I'm pretty sure he was supposed to stay on. Um, there were, they lost a lot of people. Yeah. I, that, I find it very, very, uh, very telling that a number of high profile Imagineers have left over the past year, you know, in, including Joe Rody. Right. Yeah. You know, and and it's not like Joe Rody retired because he went to work for uh, who did he go to work for? Virgin, creating their yeah. spaceport. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why people left, and and I, I can't remember which one of the Imagineers posted it on Twitter, uh, or well, former Imagineers posted it on Twitter. Uh, but it, to paraphrase, he said that every CEO or executive had come to Imagineering to kind of you know learn the lay of the land and what they do. And he didn't refer to Bob Chapek by name, but he said this guy, you know, we never saw this guy at Imagineering. It, it, I'll, I'll read it. It was Tom Morris, who I met, by the way, in front of the teacups last year. Uh, Tom Morris worked on Disneyland Paris and Imagination and big, very, very smart guy. He's been, he's working right now on imag, um, official Imagineering books. And uh, so he's like still working with the company, although I guess he's not in WDI anymore. He says, I don't cry about why I'm not at WDI anymore because I did feel it was time to leave. But that guy, he's talking about Chapek, never even took 30 seconds to stop in and introduce himself, let alone learn my history or what I had accomplished. Something all the other park leaders and CEOs made it a point to do. And he says park leaders. So I'm guessing he never even he it sounds like he rarely if at all visited wdi when he was in charge of the parks which you would think <laughs> would be part of the part of the job description <laughs> right you know, I, I'd, be, I'd be there every you day have to go in exactly right but obviously <laughs> that 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 element was not at the forefront of his of his plan right imagineering in general was never at the and that was one of my giant criticisms was i mean i don't know was that they're just reusing what they have over and over and over again they're just mixing it up and twirling it around and throwing it back at you like this whole like the whole joe Rody imagineering world that we love the creativity that we love i just feel like has been slowly being put to the back burner. So this makes complete sense to me. Um, yeah. Uh, the new W uh, head of Imagineering is Barbara Bowser Booza. Um, and she came from uh, Gensler, which is an architectural firm uh, that does like office buildings and such. Um, so I, it's very fit, very telling that they would hire an outside architectural firm person and not an in-house person that knows the company that knows Imagineering that knows what the parks and all that stuff. Like, I feel like, you know, there's certain jobs that should be <laughs> held by a company person, you know, head of Imagineering is one of them. I think if you're a vice president of a park, I think you should have worked in the parks for a long time before you get to that job. I don't think, you know, they should hire somebody from Coca-Cola or something to come in and do that. That just seems like it just like some of these things are so obvious. Like, you know, you're in charge of the parks. You should have been in the parks from the ground up as, as much as possible doing these jobs. Chapek did not feel that way. And I think that's a that's a corporate culture thing. That's a Chapek saying, look, I don't care your background is not Disney. I just care that your background is doing things at this price and getting it under cost and under budget, et cetera, and pushing it out there, which I understand is important in, in business. And it is, and that's why you have to have good financial leadership. But at the same time, you're the, you are in an inter entertainment company first 
who's been around for you know 100 years whose backbone is you know making people laugh and you have a good base customer base you know people like us who love going to your parks love going to your watching your tv watching your movies you you can't piss those people off because if you lose your base you're not going to have a new base you know to to move on through with for the next 10 15 20 years and and unfortunately with the way corporate culture is nowadays a lot of them don't care about the next 10 to 20 years they only care about the next quarter because that's all that really matters is making sure you make more money every quarter and chapek right, didn't do that and that's why he's gone <laughs> and and to go back to uh, uh crystal your question of you know what what kind of pushed them over the edge you know the, the the confidence from the guests has has kind of been waning over the past couple of years and, and confidence in Chapek. Um, but when you look at it from the business side, you know on January first uh, of twenty twenty one Disney stock was at one hundred and eighty four fifty two a share. By January first of twenty twenty two it was at one hundred and thirty seven dollars. Uh, and then at the beginning of November, uh i think it was in the 98 dollar range and the thing that pushed them over the edge was the november earnings call uh where chapek came out and he said well you know it's it's not great but there there's still a pretty picture uh to what's going on and wall street analysts started calling for chapek to be removed um and just stating that he did not uh uh, you know, they're they're not meeting Wall Street expectations. He doesn't have a really good handle on the company and he should be removed. And for analysts to come out and say that, I, I think, is is very telling. You know, they'll they'll talk about a company, but I don't ever think that they'll call for people to to be removed if if it's not warranted. And, you know, that was November 8th. And then by November 20th, we've got Bob Chapek, uh, you know, coming back now. You know, Chapek wasn't their only choice because apparently they also Bob did, Iger, you mean coming back. Oh, I'm sorry, Bob Iger. But they also looked back at at Tom Staggs and Kevin Meyer as as possible uh, CEOs to come in. Now, if they did that, I don't think it would have been as it would have been as welcomed because when we get Bob Iger back, we get some of that that confidence coming right in the door, you know, and I think people see him as the white knight. But. Uh, you know, time will tell how uh, how Iger's second run goes. Yeah, and Stags and Meyer own a media company, and uh, it's my understanding if they tried to bring one of them both in the back, they'd have to they'd have to buy buy either one of them out, or they have to buy the company, which I don't think they really wanted to um to work on that as well. Yeah, I mean the Iger thing makes sense. It does. I think though he Iger is 71 years old. I don't think Iger comes back without doing some kind of legacy, um, monumental something to add to him. I don't think he's back just to you know fix a problem and then leave in two years. I feel like he's he's here. He doesn't come back and and do this without. You know, having some kind of large thing that's kind of working that's that's happening that we don't know about. I speculate that they bring him back because there is some kind of merger or acquisition that they are either worried about, the board is worried about, or that they are thinking about, whether it be another streaming company and buying them or whether it be merging with a streaming company. And uh, because, you know, these companies realize that they need more content. They need more content to be able to charge more money uh, for their services. Uh, otherwise, they're not, you know, not going to become profitable. Or, or if there's a big mer- acquisition, you know, there's been rumors out there for a while. Apple would be considered considering buying Disney. Who knows if that's really true or not? Apple has a lot of cash, and, and they could I probably they could probably buy Disney. But, I, but does Apple want to do that? And and well, I think uh, JPEG, I don't uh, know. <laughs> Iger, Iger wants to do it. it I, Iger mentioned, you know, that he was very good friends with Steve Jobs and he wishes he said that he has had a one sided conversation, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, with the late Steve Jobs about this, you know, saying that he wishes he had the opportunity 
that if Steve Jobs were still alive, to have this conversation with him in person. Uh, so, you know, Bob Iger is not, uh, uh, you know, not against uh, an, an Apple takeover. And I believe he's still friends with Tim Cook. So it very well you know, could be possible that Bob Iger's legacy is that he is the last CEO uh, of the Walt Disney Company. Um, you know, I would hate to see that happen, uh, especially for a company celebrating 100 years. Uh, you know, was their job to get the company to 100 years and then cast it off, uh, <laughs> you know, have it merge with somebody else? Uh, who knows? But that takeover rumor has been there for years. It was around when when Eisner was on his way out, you know, the whole universal Comcast debacle uh, of the of the early 2000s. So that that rumor is always there that someone's going to buy them out. You know, my hope is that that Iger comes in and just writes the ship and brings back, you know, guest uh, satisfaction and and confidence uh, and some of the happy feelings that that all of us are used to having there. Uh, and I know Adam wants to talk about uh, possible replacements, <laughs> but but before we get there, and and I'm I'm totally not available to replace Bob Iger. I'm very busy uh, with my family, <laughs> so I appreciate the offer. Uh, but um, if you, you know, I, I've seen this question asked all over the internet over the past week. But what would be the first thing you would want Bob Iger to change? And and I will give uh, Crystal first shot at it because ladies always go first. That is a loaded question. Um, it is. It is. It really is. The first thing I would want back, I I think I, <laughs> selfishly, I would want the price. I would either want a complete pullback from Genie Plus or I would want an immediate discount available. That would be my in my immediate need, I think. I think it would restore a lot. They would be like, hey, baby, we're back. We're not doing this on-demand pricing anymore. We're here for you. We're concerned about your well-being, too. We're keeping it at 10.99. And mm-hmm. that's that. I okay. think that that would just send a message immediately. Something to that effect. Like, okay. you know. Um, yeah, I think, and I would be like, I would, I would be cheering them on. I really would be cheering them on because I would feel as though someone was in my corner again or concerned right. about my happiness. Right. Right. All right. Adam, Adam, how about you? So, you know, this is all about like, you know, how much, how much control over minute things does Iger have now with this job versus, you know, things he would, wouldn't, and, you know, can he remove, does it make sense for them to remove Genie Plus if they're making money on it? I don't know. Gosh. First of all, I would want cast culture to be a little more courteous to, to, to guests. What I mean by is letting the cast have more leeway on their own to do, to make the magic, as they say. Because it seems like a lot of times recently, you guys could probably speak on this more, is, you know, if a guest is having a problem, there's a lot of uh, the the cast member is probably hamstrung in terms of what they can do to help them because there's certain like new rules in place. And I would say uh, least loosen up on those. And part of that is probably the fact that these apps are really bad <laughs> in terms of how you book your your Genie Plus reservations and such. And and it's hard. They're hard to work. And I would hope that they could be a little more lean in terms of like guest, you know, recovery with mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I would that that's one thing I would do. Another thing I would do is on the studio side, I would suggest uh, putting these movies out to theaters and letting them be in the theaters for a little bit longer than 30 days before they go to Disney Plus, because this way you, you know, have a little bit more theater exposure on them. If they're on Disney Plus, I guess. Yeah, people are gonna still gonna watch them when they're there, but I would say trust your studio more that the movies that they're putting out will, you know, garner an audience. I mean, would I like things to be cut back, price, uh, pricing to be cut back? Absolutely. I'm not sure if that. I don't think that's part of what they're trying to do now, though. They're trying to make money. I don't think you can't, you know, charge less and still think you're gonna make more money. Right. But, 
I mean, you can, but the, there's a whole way to do that. I would just, you know, just bring back morale, but just better morale, you know. And oh, and uh, actually, on the app thing, um, fix the websites because these websites and the apps are really bad. And um, the Disney is a much better company than what they're putting out in terms of internet product. Invest the money into fixing the apps, fixing the reservations, fixing the fact that you have to, you know, when they sold when they when they sold uh, annual passes at, for Disneyland recently for 30 hours, there were people that were on waiting in in queues for 12 hours to buy one. Like that's ridiculous. Like right. <laughs> that shouldn't that shouldn't be the case. So. I would that's where I would put the money in right now is fix the websites, fix the apps. That's what I would want. All right. So those are the three one things you would like. Uh, yes. Bob Iger to do. <laughs> well, they all they're all with the guest experience, guest experience. OK, um, you know, so I have two different things I would I would like to get done. And one of it, one of them is from a, a, a Disney guest, Disney fan standpoint. And the other one is from a travel agent standpoint, because as most of our listeners know, uh, you know, most of the hosts with the except of with the exception of Adam are travel agents for Main Street and more travel. And, and from the travel agent side, you know, I, I would like things to be brought back to something that will allow my guests to have a more seamless experience, you know, prior to covid. If you wanted to, I could arrange everything for you from dining reservations to fast passes to Magical Express to your reservation, and you didn't have to do anything. You just had to show up. Now, if you're a guest and you're going, um, you have to do your Genie Plus. You have to purchase it at midnight. It's limited availability. There's not any guarantee that you will get Genie Plus. Then once you get it, you have to get up at 7 a.m. to make your park reservations on the day of. Uh, so it, it's all become very convoluted. And as a as a travel agent, you know, I, d- I don't want my guests to have to worry about that stuff day of. Now, from a, a Disney guest standpoint, Disney fan standpoint, if there was one thing I could bring back and I posted this on our uh, Mouse and More uh, chat today and our, on our discussions on our Facebook page, quick win, call up Mirsch and and bring back Disney uh, Magical Express. You know, amen amen it's a, Tony. it's it's a win-win it's quick it's complimentary you know obviously that price is built into the cost of your resort stay um but give the guests the illusion that they are getting something for free you know it keeps people on property uh it it once again it goes back to that seamless experience that a traveler has and if your magical express is part of the package you land in orlando your luggage is taken, you're taken to the resort. You don't have to worry about a thing. Now you land in Orlando, you've got to get a lift, you've got to arrange a town car, you've got the Sunshine Flyer, Mirrors Express, Mirrors Shuttle, you know, car services. How do you pick it? You Mm -hmm. know, and it's just another thing that complicates the process. Whereas if you got Magical Express back, it's it's a piece of the puzzle that a guest doesn't have to worry about. And as far as the guest experience, it makes them feel good about getting something. You know, they they brought complimentary Magical Express service in as part of, I think it was Year of a Million Dreams. It was right around the time of Walt's 100th, uh, 100th birthday, which was what? Yeah, that's the, a 2005 thing. 2005, yeah. 2006. Well, oh, um, wait a minute. Hold on. His 100th birthday is 2001. Million I, Dream. Well, wait a minute now. Uh, Disneyland's 50th was 2005. Wasn't Year of a Million Dreams with the Disneyland? Mm, I don't Disneyland, know. I believe the Year of a Million Dreams was the Disneyland 50. That's a 2005 thing. The the um hundred year the uh, the the other one, which now I'm forgetting what it was, was the 2001 one. I think Ma- I'm pretty sure Magical Express is a 2005 thing. It was. They did commence operations in 2005. Um, and it's always been Mir's transportation, you know, under the covers was a, a, a third party entity operating as Disney's Magical Express, you know, bring it back. It's a simple, you know, it, it, I mean, up to me, it sounds simple, but just bring something back. Give the guests something, you know, so much has been taken away from from uh, on site privileges that this would be one step of bringing that uh, that joy back to your your customer base. 
And to me, I think it's just it's a simple it's a simple call to Magical Express. You know, I do think that there's a common denominator here with everything that we're saying. And it's really just at some point. It becomes too complicated. All of this becomes very, very complicated, complicated for the seasoned Disney traveler, complicated for the TA, the agents, complicated for the first time, especially complicated for the first time visitor. And, you know, you we miss those days of, well, you know, just being able to go. Right. Just being able to go and be happy. And I think we can swallow a lot. I really do. I think we can swallow a lot if we feel that we it's reciprocated. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's been take, take, take for a number of years. And and we've we've been given nothing, you know, and even when they give us something, it's an additional cost. Oh, here's Genie Plus. We give this to you. But you have to pay fifteen dollars a day. Okay, we'll accept that. Oh, but you know what? Six months later, seven months later, it's now going to be variable pricing, and it's going to be anywhere between fifteen and twenty-nine dollars a day. But that's the only option that you have, so take it. You know, and and we've just kind of been force-fed this stuff over the past couple of years, and you know, it's time to just give just give one thing back to the guests, and and I think that will go a long way uh, uh, to guest happiness. Something has to be simplified. Something. It does. Yeah, it does. Right. Well, spe- speaking of simple, uh, let's let's go back over to Adam. Yeah. Uh, n- n- <laughs> and 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 I know, Adam, you've got some ideas about uh, possible replacements uh, for the the next uh, for Bob Iger replacements as the next CEO of, of the Walt Disney Company. Yeah. So this is uh, this is assuming price uh, doesn't matter and uh, that these people would willing me to do it. The you know the the people are I hear people on or lo- would love Josh tomorrow who's in charge of who has Chapek's old job the parks and uh, experiences and products head I would say no uh, he does not have studio experience he needs they, if they're gonna groom him to be CEO he's got to move over to the studio right now and and meet some of Hollywood's elite and and try to figure that out uh, the person that replaced Peter Rice Peter Rice was in charge of television he came over from fox he was a uh he was a somebody who was considered to be a ceo type uh that chapek fired uh, dana walden is his replacement she's in television right now she's a possibility i don't know too much about her who i would love to be in charge of the walt disney company is kevin feige because he at marvel entertainment has 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 a path and he's willing to with these Marvel movies and TV shows, he's willing to think many years in advance and not not bull rush new things so quickly that we get overwhelmed. He's willing to let things hang out in the future for us to build them to these stories. Like for in, just for example, you know, Disney now owns Fox, so they have the rights to the X Men characters, and X Men is a very popular Marvel superhero team. And instead of throwing them right now into every movie, he has given us little hints. You know, he had Professor X in the Doctor Strange movie, and he's had some some of the um, newer characters be mutants. But just in passing and phrasing, saying that, not like, hey, here's all the X-Men. So he's willing to spread that out and and just give us a little bit. So I think that's important for a CEO to have a long-term plan. And he's a, he's a big parks fan. He, he loves helping develop the, the rides for the, for the uh, parks. Um, he's always, he's, he's worn like an Ep, like an original Epcot logo hat. He's, he's a, a long time just parks fan who I feel like if you're going to, you got to have be a fan of the parks to be in charge of them, but you don't necessarily need to be the, the nitty gritty nuts and bolts person about it. Like that can be handled by somebody else. You just have to be the person that says, you know, Hey, like we have this property, we have this, this, this thing that people like, whether it be a festival, whether it be a, you know, a cult classic, like, like living with the land, like you have to look at everything. You have to say, Hey, look, the fans like this stick with this and, and build on it. And I, I, like to think Kevin Feige can do that. So if I had a dream CEO 
somebody that's been with the company for, you know, that Marvel's owned by Disney since 2009. So he's been with the company since for a while. Uh, he knows Hollywood. He knows the people. He likes the parks. I would, I would love for Kevin Feige to be CEO if he wants to do it. As a Marvel fan, I would, I would completely detest that decision. Uh, only because then you, you worry about where your Marvel franchise is headed if he's not at the helm. Unless you bring in like the Russo brothers to head, you know, Mar- Marvel Studios. But that's a whole that's a whole different story for a different show. I, I don't know. You know, I, I, the only thing I think is, is I think they need to, to, to keep inside the company. You need to have someone with that Disney experience. Um, but that being said, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, they are a for profit organization and they're going to choose a CEO that they feel is going to have the best opportunity to, uh, you know, make them money and, and move forward and continue to make money. I, I do think, uh, you know, as Adam stated, that entertainment is a large part of it, uh, whether it's television or movies or, or streaming, you know, the, the, the parks and experiences money is consistent. Uh, when there's no pandemic going on. Um, and uh, I, I I would say Josh DeMauro is kind of being groomed for things. You know, he's he's got the look, he's got the hair, he's got the smile. Um, he's kind of like that every guy, oh, look, I'm riding Tron light cycle run and I'm in my jeans and my my sweater. Um, but I, I, you know, I agree with Adam. I, I, I don't know that he's got the experience in other divisions. Uh, and are we seeing from JPEG, you know, here's what happens when you take a guy from from parks and resorts and put him in the driver's seat and he kind of, you know, screws up the Hollywood side. Um, but I, I think you just need somebody who's well-rounded and can handle the streaming, the parks, the intellectual properties and and still be profitable and and just not just not rub everybody the wrong way, because I, I think that's what, uh, you know. Uh, Chapek's downfall was was he, he rubbed people the wrong way, and I don't think that any of his people, you know, let him know. You know, does he know that he just rubbed people the wrong way? How does he not know he was called Bob Paycheck? You know. Oh, I think I think he had to have known, but he has if, to. If he knew, like, why doesn't he take steps to to rectify it? Well, he did you know, the go out, thing. Go out and buy a cardigan. He did yeah, he beard. did. He did grow the beard. That that is true. <laughs> and he said he did it to. I think he's, his words were to appear more relatable, which yeah. is funny because you, of course, you like in Disney, you're not supposed to have a beard or you can't have a beard, but it has to be fully grown in or something. It can't be like patchy or when you're working at frontline cast member. It's kind of funny. Like he kind of went against his own rules there. But um, I don't know, man. I so I feel part of me feels bad for him because he was like I said he was. He was given a mountain to climb, and he didn't have any climbing gear, and he didn't have any oxygen. But he's an older gentleman. He was 65, I think. Uh, he made a lot of money. He's he's getting his full contract leaving. It's right. I I feel bad that he found out that he was gone when we found out. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even think somebody told him physically. I think it was a phone call because he was you know on his way to doing something for the company on a Sunday night. Part of me feels bad. Because he wasn't given really a chance. The other part of me feels like, well, he had his chance and he really didn't do a good job. <laughs> and uh, and he's got his he's got his millions. So I I don't. It's hard. It's it's I it's hard to have an I opinion on him. The rollout of the whole thing still just blows my mind. That it it, it wasn't like a like a press release or an announcement formally. It's like a guy getting a phone call on the way to an introducing elton john uh, yeah and then an email sent out by bob Iger. it's like the whole transition is just so tumultuous it's a little you my know. my brother said like he doesn't usually check his work emails on the weekend he says but he saw the notification from bob Iger, and he's like he thought it was a hack at first like why is bob Iger emailing me <laughs> And then he did read it. It's like and it says it's coming back. And, you know, you, you, you see it, you know, you're corroborated with a couple different sources. And it's true. <laughs> it's and I feel and, I you know, Bob, Chapek, you know, he probably feels stabbed in the back because he, the guy that, you know, he worked under and was groomed with, so to speak, like comes back and replaces him. And a lot of the 
issues that Chapek had to deal with were because of Iger. You know, the 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 company took on when they bought the Fox, it was seventy one billion dollars. They took on a lot of debt. They're still paying that off. That's a Bob Iger thing. That's Chapek had nothing to do with that. But now the Fox is here, so now he's got to figure out what to do with it. You know, and and but there's so many rules. You know, the you know the X Men, the Fantastic Four character, that's a Marvel thing. They have to figure that out. And you know, you can't put the Marvel characters in the U and the the Florida parks and and anything with the parks takes a long time to build anyway. So you have to have like right. long approval process. Like it's not like there's only like quick fixes with this. Like he didn't have the job for not even two because he got CEO job in uh, February of 2020. So it was over two years. Yeah. So he had to, he had the CEO job for over two years and and Iger was around for most of it. So he didn't even guy didn't even have like a his own chance. Ugh. It's all it's great. I I just hope that a booker's written about it because it's it's fascinating and i hope it's written down so we can read about it someday oh you know just like the late night wars we'll get a book out of this at some point yeah fingers crossed right crystal do you have any ideas on who you would like to be the next ceo i can't lie i'm a josh girl i'm a fan oh boy i'm a fan and you know i feel no truthfully honestly yes Great hair, great teeth. He really does look the part. I do think that his experience with parks and resorts is probably his best quality that he brings to the table, right? But I do really feel that he also has another quality that's really not spoken about too, too much. His relationship with the cast members is really, Mm -hmm. he, he really has a good relationship with staff and that will take him far. And because of that, I think he can hit the ground running with entertainment, like with movies and TV. And I think he can, if he's well liked enough, which he seems to be, and if he's capable, which he seems to be, he can make good decisions where he can surround himself with people who are well-versed and educated on the things that in the areas that, you know, he might lack in. So I would not count him out. And I do think that there is potential for him to do a good job if he makes good decisions and if he can acknowledge what he doesn't know and his weaknesses and educate himself in those places. So that's my opinion. All right. Or, you know, and it's very possible, uh, you know, we we saw this with with Eisner and Frank Wells, you know, maybe it's two people leading the company. Uh, if if they were considering bringing back Meyer and Staggs as as a, a party of two, uh, what's to say that we don't end up with uh, two two parties, you know, two different people, uh, somebody handling parks and somebody handling entertainment. Um, that's that's a possibility as well. So. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll find out over the course of the next year and a half to two years, uh, if not sooner, uh, where where all of this leads us to. I just, you know, I just hope they can bring back the magic. <laughs> I feel like the magic is still there. They just are it's just being like hamstrung and and they need to let um, the cast member in the parks need to let the cast members and the movie in the studio. They need to let the directors and the and the actors and such, um, you know show it more they gotta Mm -hmm. let them loose a little bit i think that's okay all right all right well i i appreciate your input and your thoughts and uh if any of our listeners have any ideas or thoughts you know please reply on the facebook page and let's get a conversation going what do you think uh what changes would you like to see uh be made in the parks uh whether they're related to chapek or reversing a chapek decision or or an Iger decision um and let's uh you know let, let's talk wait i want to say one thing yes uh when Iger retired quote unquote we did an episode uh it was a bob Iger retrospective and i listened back to it today and we didn't say anything about bob chapek <laughs> which i thought i figured we had we would have you know had some kind of preview or something but we had nothing to say about the man and and that kind of goes along with Bob Iger's book. He didn't have anything to say about Chapek either in that. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, boy, it's funny listening to old episodes. Well, ding dong, the witch is dead. <laughs> <laughs>
So uh, with that, I would like to remind our listeners that, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Main Street and More Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner. You can check out their website, MainStreetAndMoreTravel.com, request a quote, and let Chris and her team plan your family's next vacation. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search on the Mouse and More podcast. And on behalf of Crystal and Adam, this is Tony, and we are the Mouse and More podcast. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.